What is it that some reps are doing better than others? And once we can see the data, we can start to do the analysis. We can also see that the impact here of relationships on revenue as well. So how multi-threaded are they? And how much momentum and engagement did they have? If by the end of a sales cycle, you're not in a position where you can start texting or WhatsApping your prospect, you probably don't have the strongest relationship as you think you do. Welcome to Revenue Insights. Every week, we'll be joined by revenue leaders from some of the most successful and highest growing companies. Together, we explore how they built their revenue teams, the journeys that they've been on, and the lessons they have learned along the way. Revenue Insights is brought to you by Ebster. We're a revenue intelligence platform designed to help revenue teams to build more pipeline, close more deals, and retain more customers. Hello there. You are listening to Revenue Insights. Today is quite a special episode. It's coming fresh from Inbound 2023 in Boston. There, our CEO, Guy Rubin, shared how we diagnose where friction lies in the sales process using data. Internally, we like to call this an insight report. Now, quick disclaimer, Guy refers to quite a few examples on screen for this. Now, he presented it in a way where this can be enjoyed quite freely with audio. But if you are a visual learner, you might enjoy this a little bit more with the video version. So if you'd like to check that out, do check out the show notes where we'll put a link to the YouTube video, as well as a link to the slides on there for you to enjoy it as the best way you'd like. Enjoy. Good morning, Inbound. Good morning. Woo! Okay, I've got the uh, glorious opportunity to speak to everybody here today at Inbound. I'm the first on the stage of the Sprocketeer Lounge. Very excited to be here today. As you can tell from my accent, I am a local, only joking. So my name is Guy Rubin, and I'm the CEO of a company called Ebster. We help companies build predictable revenue engines with our revenue intelligence platform. We have uh, well over 400 companies using Ebster to analyze their pipeline, do their reviews, their one-to-ones, and build predictable revenue engines and forecast more accurately. Fully integrated with HubSpot, and we offer free trials, so check out ebster.com. That's the end of the uh, sales pitch. Right, so uh, purpose of today's session is we're going to be talking about what we call our insight reports. The reason we produce these insight reports is to help businesses understand where they're going well within their revenue engine and what needs attention. And when we look at the data, we recently analyzed just over 3.2 million opportunities, representing over $37 billion worth of pipeline. And some of the results were really quite shocking. You can see here on the slides that in half one of uh, 2023, 73% of AEs missed their targets. That's a huge number. That's the highest we've ever seen. We've been running these reports now for nearly four years, and we've never seen that number as high as that. And when we dive into the numbers, what we find is that only 23% of the AEs are actually responsible for 83% of the revenue. And that gap is, getting, is the widest we've ever seen. Now, when we look into the data a little bit further, we can also find that we see a record number of deals that are slipping. And so we qualify deals that are slipping as you've got past stage two, you've done your qualification, we were, we've agreed we're in a sales process, we've got an agreed process to close with the customer, and the dates start to slip. And nearly 40% of opportunities now are consistently slipping. And what we know about slippage is that once deals start slipping, their win rates start to drop dramatically. So we need to get under the skin of why this is happening. 
This is why we now produce for every customer a quarterly insight report. So when we onboard a customer, we go back four quarters, they get a complete audit of their entire revenue engine. And then every three months, they get an update to that report to see how they're pacing. So what we're doing today is a teardown of an example report, of an actual report we've done for a live customer. We've taken their name off of it, so not to embarrass anybody. But we're actually going to walk you through some of the insights that we're able to deliver to the customers as we go. So for this particular customer, we're looking at their Q2 results. It's a B2B SaaS business that has over 100 employees. They use uh, HubSpot Sales Hub, and they've got just over 50 sales reps at the moment. The first thing we try and do is understand these six key factors. These are the things that you should be worried or thinking about when you're trying to build a much more predictable revenue engine. So you'll see here point number one, we really want to be spending our time targeting ICP. When we target ICP customers or prospects, the win rates are four times higher. Instead of just working any lead that comes in through the inbound, we really want to be more proactive and targeting very specific companies that we know have a propensity to buy our product. Talking about propensity to buy, intent scoring we've seen this has a massive positive impact on revenue. Understanding which of your target companies are actually in market to buy your product has a material positive impact on sales velocity, nearly six times higher when you're targeting a company that's actually in market to buy what you're selling. The next is to make sure we're targeting the right personas. When we onboard you as a customer, we're going to go back four quarters and look at all the different stakeholders that are involved in every sales process and try and understand which personas you should be engaging with at every stage of the sales process. Now, we know that being multi-threaded has a positive impact on revenue, but which personas should we be engaging with? Point number four here is about the strength of the relationships. Now, we know that in B2B sales, relationships drive revenue. So what we need to do is make sure that we're building those relationships in a really strong manner. And so being multi-threaded works on both sides. It's not just about one AE having a good relationship with the three or four stakeholders. We need multiple people within the organization at our end engaging with multiple stakeholders at the customer's end. And if we build those relationships high enough or strong enough, we can actually increase the win rates by four times. So we score every relationship the business has out of 100, and we use that engagement score to understand if that relationship is trending up or trending down. And the influence of things like the calls, the meetings, and the emails that are taking place all tell us whether that relationship has momentum and is moving in the right direction. Just a quick reminder, and then we will be right back to the show. At Revenue Insights, our goal is to share how top-performing revenue leaders build predictable, efficient, go-to-market teams. Every week, we speak to the brightest minds, and every quarter, we release the latest findings from our analysis of billions of dollars in pipeline. If you don't want to miss out, sign up to our newsletter at ebster.com forward slash newsletter dash sign up. That's ebster.com forward slash newsletter dash sign up. The link to make that a little bit easier for you will be in the show notes of this episode wherever you're listening. See you there. Then one of the biggest influences we've seen on win rates has been good quality deal qualification, okay? Knowing that you're using a qualification methodology and being diligent about making sure that everyone is filling that out before they progress through the sales cycle has a material impact on your win rate. This is one of the key takeaways we've seen for AEs that aren't performing. They end up skipping through that discovery phase really early, and then all of a sudden we're in stage three or four of a sales cycle and we're getting solution engineers involved and legal are getting involved, but it turns out we don't actually know that they've got the budget or who the economic buyer is or what the buying process looks like. So have the discipline to get that medic or medpick or bant or spiced, get it completed before you allow the reps to progress. 
Now here at Ebster, we've got an add-in that goes into HubSpot and into Salesforce, and it automatically captures the MedPick by, and if you're using our calling tool, the transcript from the calls are actually, can then actually be used to pre-populate the MedPick automatically. So it takes away the admin for the users. And then finally, we all know that time kills all deals, but by how much? Now, when we analyzed 3.2 million opportunities recently, we found that only 30% of those opportunities that were opened close one. And now that's quite shocking. And to make it even worse, the deals that close lost, they spend twice as long in pipe as deals that close one. So there's huge inefficiencies in the way that the sales teams are operating. Now, what we need to understand is at what point should we be closing deals off as lost so that the sales team can be a lot more productive and work on something that has the potential to close. Knowing where the win rates start to drop below 10% really gives us an opportunity to be strong about closing those opportunities off sooner. Let's get into it. What we can see here is one of the first things we do is build a leaderboard of all the different AEs within your business and try and understand where their strengths and weaknesses are. For example, here we can see that the ones in red probably need a little bit of work. We can see the average sales cycles here are a lot longer with the ones at the bottom. We can also see that the average deal values that they're working on. What is it that some reps are doing better than others? And once we can see the data, we can start to do the analysis. We can also see that the impact here of relationships on revenue as well. So how multi-threaded are they and how much momentum and engagement did they have? If by the end of a sales cycle, you're not in a position where you can start texting or WhatsApping your prospect, you probably don't have the strongest relationship as you think you do. And then finally, things like really using that deal qualification methodology. You can see here in the data that when the deal methodology is implemented and is consistent, having that discipline has a materially positive impact on win rates and reduces the time spent on deals that don't close one. To understand what's happening with your deals, you need to really focus in on these three key areas. We'll start with companies. Really trying to understand where your ICP is and which companies we win with better is really key. Now, you may already think you know who your ICP is, but if you're not doing the analysis consistently, you might find that actually you're not targeting the best possible companies. So we have something called velocity of sale, which tells us on average the revenue we generate from each customer when they sign. And we can see here for this particular company, targeting media businesses that are somewhere between 200 and 1,000 users or employees in the US had the best possible sales velocity. Now, I mentioned before the impact of intent on revenue. Now, if you're not already using intent data, you really should be. Because understanding that which customers that you want to target are actually in market, it has a material impact on the sales cycle itself because they're already in market, they've already got a budget, and you can spend time with businesses that actually want to buy your product rather than having to educate them as to why they should in the first place and try and get them to find a budget. So understanding which companies in market is really important. And we use something called Bombora that have, something, have topic clusters. And you can see here for this particular customer that while they had 1,100 businesses in their ICP that they were targeting, there was only 320 of them that were actively in market. So by identifying those, they could really focus in and just sell to those or prioritize selling to those companies first. It's also really worth understanding top of the funnel where those best opportunities are coming from because not every lead is equal. So what we need to make sure is that when a, a hot lead comes in from a referral, for example, if we get a better conversion rate from referrals, we don't just put it to the bottom of the queue. We really focus our time on the leads that actually are going to give us the best results rather than just in a chronological order. The next thing we talk about is relationships. So first of all, we need to understand how multi-threaded we really want to be. And you might think the more relationships we have, the better. But actually, as we analyze the data for this particular company, when they have more than 10 stakeholders involved in a sales process, their win rate actually drops. 
because you end up with decision by committee. So knowing how many stakeholders you should be engaging with is really important. And then when you're doing your one-to-ones with your sales team, you're able to explain to them that you've done really well getting three or four stakeholders engaged, but look at the positive influence it has on our win rate if we can get that to five or six. So it's not just about getting lots of people involved. We also need to understand which personas are giving us the best outcome. So for this particular account, we can see that VP operations, VP of marketing has the best possible impact on our win rates. So knowing which stakeholders you should be engaging with at which stage of the sales process is really important. You can see from this graphic, we've analyzed over 4,000 opportunities for this customer, and we can see this is the optimal sales cycle for them. So in this example, we can see that the sales director should be engaged in the early first phase, but then really we don't need their engagement until the last stage of the sales process. So mapping out what good looks is really key. Uh, we've also seen quite recently that when you get a champion to take you into the economic buyer, it actually shortens the sales process rather than going directly into the economic buyer stage one okay, because they kind of bring credibility with them. So really trying to do this analysis before as part of your go-to-market really helps to understand what an optimal sales process might look like. And then one of my favorites, we talk about engagement. Well, we at Ebster have created an engagement score out of 100. And we take a feed of your calls and your meetings and your email activity. And we try and understand how much momentum or engagement you have with every stakeholder. And so we give every relationship a score out of 100. And you can see here for this particular customer, when the engagement's above 80, their win rate increases four times. Okay, so we know that when you're at those late stages of, of those really complex sales cycles, lean into those relationships, find ways of getting your C-suite engaged with the customer's C-suite as well. Keep building those relationships right until the end, because if you can get the relationship score consistently above 80, you're going to increase your win rate. And then finally, we talk about the process. So we know that time kills all deals, but by how much? And what point, where's the red line where we should stop working on opportunities, close it off as lost, and work on something more productive? Now, I guarantee you, you've got opportunities in your pipeline that really have no real chance of closing. So try and work out where that line is and get more disciplined and encouraging the sales team to close deals off sooner. Because as soon as we start seeing slippage, we start to see that deals' chance of closing really drops dramatically. Now, I'm a big fan of Medic and MedPick and all the methodologies out there, but what we can see here is usage of MedPick for this particular customer. So we've got a little widget that sits inside HubSpot and sits inside Salesforce that captures MedPick or Medic or whatever methodology you're using, and we encourage the customers to capture this information as they go. And you can see this is having a positive impact on the business. So quarter on quarter, the, the adoption of MedPick is growing within this organization, and guess what? So is their win rates or certainly they're not spending as much time on opportunities that aren't going to close one. Now, trying to show that graphically here, we can see the difference between a low performer that's constant, that updates it kind of as they go versus the higher performers that are completing that information in Medic much, much earlier. And we can see that has a big impact on win rates. And this is the data behind it. We can see here that the very best performers are the ones that are completing the MedPick as we go. Then we try and do some analysis on where we're losing opportunities. And they've got a slightly concerning here. They're actually losing a material amount of deals after the commercial terms are agreed. So really understanding where you're losing deals. And this will change quarter on quarter. It will change for different types of teams within the business, enterprise versus SMB. But really understanding where are we losing, where is the friction, will help you to then do the analysis and understand where you need to go. And then finally, what we're looking at here is the different stages of the sales cycle and the individual contributors, the individual AEs. So we can see here where they're spending the most time and what their conversion rates are at each stage. And what you'll find is that some AEs will be stronger at certain stages of the sales cycle. And once we understand that, we can start to share the knowledge across the rest of the team.
Now, slippage is a big challenge for organizations, and we talked about it before. So the impact of slippage on win rates is material. So understanding how often, where the deals are slipping, where do we see the timeline extend, means that we can do something about it. Just a quick reminder, and then we will be right back to the show. At Revenue Insights, our goal is to share how top-performing revenue leaders build predictable, efficient, go-to-market teams. Every week, we speak to the brightest minds, and every quarter, we release the latest findings from our analysis of billions of dollars in pipeline. If you don't want to miss out, sign up to our newsletter at ebster.com forward slash newsletter dash sign up. That's ebster.com forward slash newsletter dash sign up. The link to make that a little bit easier for you will be in the show notes of this episode wherever you're listening. See you there. Now, for this particular customer, we can see that the win rates are, are, don't actually get affected too much if the slippage is under four weeks. But as soon as it starts going above four weeks, we can see it has a material impact on their win rates. Hopefully, you're getting a feel for kind of what's included in what we call revenue intelligence here. Now, the beauty is by the purpose of revenue intelligence is all about understanding all the signals around the business that lead to revenue. Now, some of those signals are going to be in HubSpot. Others are going to be in your marketing stack or in your mailboxes, your calendars, your phone records and so on. But if you've got a free trial, knowing how often they log into the free trial or which buttons they're pushing, all of these things have a, are signals that you should be analyzing to understand your entire go-to-market motion. And once you've got all of that data in one place, you can start to do the analysis. And we see consistently win rates increase by 16% within the first three months once you start surfacing this data. Now, there's no individual silver bullet, but as you can see on my favorite bow tie, is that actually small incremental improvements at each stage of the sales cycle has a material exponential set of results at the outcome. So here we can see the average ACV for each AE every month has doubled just by having those small incremental improvements at each stage. Some final takeaways for everybody. Try and understand the highest velocity ICPs, okay? Which companies are giving you the best outcomes? And once you understand that, try and help the team to prioritize focusing on those, not just the average inbound that happens to come in that might be window shopping. I can't stress this enough. We know that in B2B sales, relationships drive revenue, okay? So understand which relationships you need to be investing in and prioritize the investment in those relationships. If we're still relying on our salespeople to do admin, number one, they're not going to do it very well. And number two, it's a great excuse not to be picking up the phone and building relationships with our customers and prospects. So focus and incentivize the team to build those relationships and then find a way of measuring the momentum and engagement you have with different stakeholders at the customer. Try and understand where the friction is. None of us have got this all worked out yet, right? So knowing where we're losing deals means that we can start to dive into that and understand what we can do different and do better. And then finally, really try and understand all the different factors around the business that lead to revenue. Once you've got that information, you, it's a superpower and you can't undo it, right? Once you've got that data available to you, every quarter you should be setting yourself goals and targets to small incrementally improve. It's like trying to run a marathon. If you can do it one minute faster every time you do it, by the end of the year, you could be the fastest marathon runner in the world. So small incremental improvements is what RevOps is all about and revenue intelligence is about giving you the data you need to understand what's going on. I hope you've all enjoyed the session. If you want to scan this QR code, you'll get a copy of the Insight reports that we produce. This report download will give you access to the full report where we've analyzed over 3.2 million opportunities and $37 billion worth of pipe. And if you want to find out any more, please connect with me on LinkedIn or come and see us at Inbound. I've really enjoyed the session. Thank you all. And if you've got any questions, I'll happily take them now. Let's give Guy a big round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Esther. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Revenue Insights. 
If you want to learn more, subscribe to our newsletter and we'll deliver every episode straight to your inbox. If you have any questions, feel free to connect with us on LinkedIn. Our links will be in the episode notes. See you next week.